Welcome to Beyond the Noise, a source news podcast with me, David Jameson, where I get beyond the headlines and look at issues in the news in more depth. And of course, um, there are a lot of headlines at the moment. Uh, We are in the midst of the uh, 2021 Holyrood elections, when the headline issue, if you like, of Scottish democracy, who forms the next government, uh, is being decided. In fact, I'm recording this uh, on the Thursday afternoon, uh, as many of you will be out and about uh, voting at uh, polling stations, social distanced uh, in this election, uh, as, as I speak. Uh, and I'm joined uh, for a discussion with Willie Sullivan of the Electoral Reform uh, Society Scotland, Uh, to talk about uh, Scottish democracy, the state of Scottish democracy, a bit more in the round, taking in the the Scottish elections, taking in uh, where we've reached uh, in the story of Scotland's devolution process, and also looking at uh, local democracy in in Scotland, a country which, as listeners may well know, uh, has a very uh, restricted local democratic sphere with some very large uh, local democratic institutions which uh, many critics have sought to reform over the years. Uh, First of all, Willie, uh, thanks very much for uh, uh, taking time uh, to speak to us. Thanks for asking me along, David. Let me me ask you your impressions on the the current uh, election in general. Um, I mean, what do, you, what do you think is is the state of the health of, of Scottish democracy uh, as we speak? I think uh, Scottish democracy, like, you know, most democracy around the world, is probably close to a crisis point. Um, representative democracy, that is, um, you know, and, it, you know, it's a system that's based on trust. You, you need to kind of believe what people are telling you, you know, you're given information and you're asked to make decisions in the, in, in the voting booth on that. And there's real, real problems with that. Um, uh, and there's, um, you know, and there's a, there's a real, I mean, obviously, I mean, the state is there to act in the interest of the citizens, right? I mean, that should be what the, dem- and the, the democratic state is set up in order to ensure that the state acts in the interest of the citizens. And I think there's a more and more that that decline in trust is really about whether the state is acting in the interests of the citizens. Um, so I think there's, there's there's that issue. I mean, I guess when you ask the question, what 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 is the state of Scottish democracy? There's, there's always a a, a a reply which goes, well, what is what is democracy? You know, um, uh, not to get into an undergraduate essay question, but because um, quite simply, I think it is about you know. Uh, uh, people having power. Jane McAleavy, the trade union uh, activist in the States, when she, she says, what, what is power? And it's like the ability for you to do, make good things happen for your community and it's not bad things happen for you and your community. And that's simply what that is. And um, if democracy is about sharing out power, then there's a lot of people that aren't in the position where they can you know, make good things happen for them in their community or stop bad things happening for the, them in the community. And therefore, it's not really working as well as it as we would want it. Now, um, we're, we're 
you know, 22 years into the experiment uh, of devolution in, in Scotland. I mean, for my part, I can I can barely remember um, a time before the, the devolved institutions, including the Scottish Parliament, that we're all uh, voting on. Um, where do you, where do you think we've reached in general uh, as a stage in in uh, in that process? I mean, I, th I feel like at this point there's widespread dissatisfaction. It was probably only about ten years ago you could say, with at least some authority, that the Scottish Parliament had been well received, that there was a feeling that it was in some senses more in touch, more representative than than Westminster. Now it seems to be the case that for large sections of the population the devolved institutions seem to be either a stopgap on the road to independence or uh, an almighty mistake which uh, uh, threatens to um, break Scotland away from, from the Union. And of course, as we speak, the polls have support for independence and for union at 50-50. So the country is, of course, very divided on, uh, on, on where we go next, but there seems to be an emerging consensus from very different angles um, that devolution has created at least as many problems as it has has solved. I mean, what what do you think the, the status of the devolution project is at, at this point? Yeah, well, um, I think having before the pandemic, I was I worked a week in London and a week in in, in, in Scotland, so. Uh, I would say to you that the institutions in Scotland, while far from perfect, are much better than they are in, in Westminster. Um, uh, that's that's probably not a very high bar and probably not a particularly, in some ways it's not a very useful comparison, uh, but it's one we tend to do in Scotland. We say as long as we're better than them, we're all right. So um, we are better than them quite a lot, but we are far from being all right, I would say. And I, but I think this is a this is not just a problem for Scotland or for the, for the UK. It's a it's a problem for representative democracy across across the world. Um, and uh, uh, you know, let, 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 let's talk about devolution, though. Um, I think I think the hopeful point about devolution is that we have the opportunity to evolve Scotland's institutions in the Scottish state in a way that makes it much more much more able to fulfill its purpose in the 21st century than the UK is. Um, we don't have ha half as many constraints as they do in institutions, history, vested interests, state capture, I mean, we've got it here, right? But it's not—it's not at the level that it is, and not as entrenched as it is in Westminster. So I think there's a hope for 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 devolution. You know, it's not been able to the, the, the gap between rhetoric and delivery in Scotland is as much about the failure of those institutions to evolve. To you know, somebody said that probably I think it was Marx actually it said you know that the the social and economic infrastructure is de decided by technology or, or, or driven by technology, you know, whether it's the plough, the windmill, and now we have information technology and, and the internet. Um, uh, and, 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 you know, our institutions have just not been able to keep up with that. 
and, and Westminster, I always think, is the kind of citadel that's even more able to resist the forces that change the the the, the rest of our society because it's because it's cause power is so concentrated there. Um, Scottish the Scottish Parliament is, is is able to resist it, but hopefully won't and can evolve to a world that is driven you know by these big advances in information technology. These are these are pretty um, you know they're pretty fundamental. You know maybe the steam engine was was about sharing information and you know telecoms and stuff, but you know the way that information is now shared and, and created and influences us is just so um so fundamental it's such a big change that it's going to take a lot for our institutions to to catch up and evolve to be able to to do what it should do which is share out power right that's 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 what we want want want, want democracy to be doing sharing out power so people can shape their own lives and communities um but but that's pretty difficult at the moment and untrusted it's it's, it's untrusted because you, know, you could you could look back before this technology came along and you could say well you know it wasn't great but there was maybe two or three shared narratives in the population and um, they were controlled by the, the mainstream media but and there's people that argue you know even if it was the wrong narrative or it was like you know harmful at least we shared it um, and then as soon as that becomes kind of fractured and that then it causes all sorts of issues of trust um and division and you can you know people people just don't know what to believe um see see on uh, the question of um <clears throat> the institutional life of, of scottish democracy and its differences mm -hmm. from from westminster i mean obviously in in recent weeks we've seen the scandal at westminster with the procurement of ppe and yeah. Um, you know, special preferences being given to Tory donors and yeah. so on. It's an almost classic case uh, of, of that kind of Westminster sleaze, as they, as they call yeah. it, which it sounds like a, a legal euphemism for corruption. But, you know, I mean, we don't have scandals of quite that proportion, uh, perhaps, in, in Scotland, but there has been the Gupta scandal in recent weeks. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking as well about the increasing uh, influence of particular lobbies in, in Scottish politics, Charlotte Street Partners, the creation of, um, you know, the, 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 I can't remember what it was called, but the, the, the committee established by the government to see Scotland return to post-COVID growth and so on was dominated by the usual circuit of business figures who had very pro-market and, and you know, pro-big business ideas about how this would be uh, achieved. There are other uh, institutional problems as well, such as um, much of the Scottish media is now really surviving on lifelines from the state, and that brings with it democratic, uh, you know, questions. I, I feel like maybe I'm just paying more attention now. You know, I was, <laughs> I was only young when the Scottish Parliament opened. I feel like there's a certain deterioration. I feel like there's that the institutions of devolution are under a re renewed pressure. Mm. And, and, you know, there's been a government in office for 14 years. That's not their fault. No one foisted power on, uh, on the SNP for the last 14 years. But there does seem to be a certain stagnation and, and, and warping of these institutions. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think, the, I think these potential flaws were always there, but because people believed in it and agreed with it, then it wasn't such a problem. Uh, I mean, I know, like, 
Jack McConnell was caught up in a lobbying scandal early in the Parliament. You know, there was there was there was a as soon as the Parliament was was set up, there was a kind of migration of lobby companies and lobbyists to Scotland. It it takes a while though. So I think you're right. You know, because they were unshackled from from you know those that that know that the state is powerful and want to you know influence it and direct it and their interests you know it takes quite a long long time for that sort of infrastructure to develop those relationships to to be built and these were this was a new institution um and you know was was free from that so you know there was early attempts to 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 obviously to direct it in, 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 in for, towards certain groups of interests um uh, but you know that's taken a while to to develop and evolve I, you know how do you stop that what do you do to 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 stop that i mean we've been we've been campaigning for 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 transparency and lobbying i mean that's one one way to do it to to, to think about it but i think there is also something about you know concentrate you know being democratic and sharing power out and not having it concentrated in two small bits of the state um but we have quite a hierarchical uh, state so that does mean that you know people like charlotte street partners and others are going to target the first minister are going to target you know economic policy making at, 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 at the center um, um yeah um yeah, so I guess what I'm saying is it's like it was a, it was an inevitable, uh, you know, it was inevitably more free as its creation, and it was inevitable that it would become people would become to capture it more, and to direct it. This is this is always the way that kind of uh, big corporate interests operate is that they try to convince the politicians that their interests are the same as the interests of the people, and. Um, um, and and that's kind of you know that's always a strong argument because then you can have your cake and eat it. You can go well, I'm like looking after uh, you know I've got 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 these interests covered and I'm also representing the people properly. Um, yeah. I, I, um, I, I'm anticipating that part of your answer to to these problems may be local democracy as per your uh, your, your current campaign. But see, just briefly before we go on to that, and because you raised it, and I'm increasingly interested in it myself, and because it's come up during the election, there have been claims in the Times, for example, that Scotland's elections being influenced by Iran and 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 so on. I, I personally don't tend to take these claims very seriously, especially when they just amount to claims of, you know, some Twitter bots or, or whatever. However, how do we, how do we uh, meet the challenges posed by this digital revolution? And it's, and it's combination, I suppose, with a political form mostly thought up in the 19th century of mm. election bypassing ballots for representative figures and, and, and so on. And I'm not even just thinking about the threats that potential manipulators might pose, but also the threat of politicians who use claims of manipulations, real or imagined. You know, how, how do we how do we deal with this massive transformation? I know that's a huge question, but even a couple of thoughts on it. Yeah. Well it is really difficult. Um I mean the the, the thing that I come back to is getting people into rooms together. <laughs> Um, and, 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 and because a lot of the, you know, a lot of the distrust and disinformation 
that happens online. Well, who people do trust is people that are, you know, a part of their community and close to them. And um, and also we've we've noticed from having citizens assemblies that when you get people together, even though they strongly disagree with each other, you know, we, you know, they're they're willing to listen and 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 acknowledge and try and understand. I think this is a key key point of of humans is that they don't even they don't they 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 don't need you to agree with them as long as they under, you understand what their point is you know if they're making a point they go well yeah i understand that but i don't agree with it then then that's um that's all they're really asking for and that's completely lost online um you know i think you know there's a lot of evidence that the algorithms are driving uh, polarization um you know, which makes space for you know these these kind of authoritarian figures. Um, uh, yeah, what what do we? That's that's one thing we do about it. I think is we get we 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 decentralise power. We devolve it more within Scotland. We create spaces where people can citizens can get together, um, and we have processes where we can help them learn about the issues that they want to form opinions on and we know how to do that and it's happening all around the world um, and we tried it in Scotland with our Citizens Assembly of Scotland and we've tried it in you know in Coalfields communities with Coalfields Regeneration Trust and and it, and it, and it seems to work. Um, I mean that is quite a radical suggestion um, in some ways but you know, if 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 we go back to the problems with representative democracy and and, and the difficulties of making it work, um, with our current you know, the, the the current way that technology and information technology uh, operates, then what's at stake is that people start to distrust democracy is a system that's built on trust. If that distrust gets too much, then people start to distrust democracy, and then it leaves space for authoritarianism and you know and polarization then very democracy itself is under threat right so if if it's necessary to kind of upgrade it and reinvent it to bring in these um these, these these processes of deliberation and citizens assemblies and stuff then um then then surely we should do that hey we should try it or are we just going to let the representative system wither away so um T tell me about um, first of all what are the problems with with local democracy and the devolution of power within Scotland itself? What what are the obstacles we face before we discuss what the solutions might be? Well, even though you know, as I say, I'm I'm worried about representative democracy, but that's not to say that uh, I don't think it's a really good thing. And it's you know, it is the way when I when I described what we thought democracy was at the beginning. I do that quite a lot because it's quite important for us because people do think it's voting. They do think that, you know, you go and vote and you get a representative, that's what democracy is, right? But actually coming back to the definition that's about sharing out power and voting and representation is just a mechanism to do that, then you can see it's quite a flawed mechanism. Um, and 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 so you know even a representative system at a local level is nowhere you know nowhere near as good as we can we we can look across Europe we don't have we don't have enough representatives 
the size of the area that these people are supposed to look after, the amount of voters that they're supposed to represent or citizens are supposed to represent and argue for within council chambers is like far too big. Um, uh, the kind of neoliberal ideas of centralization scaling up um, economy of scales has kind of hurt our local communities as well. And that local government has been a big part of that. To be honest, the state as a whole has, but 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 local government has as well. So I think, you know, our ideas of how, what you might do about democracy fits quite well with the local eco economic uh, thinking that you know the Preston model and others where you try and circulate money within the economy and not 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 um, extract value all the time. So I think the you know ideas ideas. We, 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 we know a lot about identity in Scotland, obviously, because we talk about the constitution and the national question all the time, but there's a lot to be said for local identity as well. Um, uh, you know, uh, you know, your local town, your local uh, village, or uh, people, people do find it quite easy to be proud of these places and to belong to them. Um, but I think that would be even better if they, if they, if, you know, but, but there's no administrative um, or, or governing level at that level you know they're all the you know for example take five where i come from you know you could come from dunfermline or cowden beast or uh, or wherever but you don't you're not you, there's not there's not a administrative body at that level it's a way up in glen at, at, at five house so why can't we why why we if we've got that level of identity and we care about these places why can't we have some sort of control over how they're they're administered and run and, and so you mentioned, you know, you have these huge um, local authorities. Um, I, I, so, so, so the first, uh, you know, move presumably would be to make them smaller. But what would you do with local councils? How would, in your scheme, um, how, would, uh, how would local citizens interact differently with, with local authorities? Yeah, I mean, uh, I think having, we, we were reluctant to be a man with a plan all the way through this campaign, actually, to say, look, this is a model that you should use to reorganise local democracy. But one of the things that we did recognise, um, when you're trying to campaign for any change, the status quo throws a big shadow over it because it's going, but, you know, because um, that's what people know. So... And, and it's always about tinkering with what they know rather than, you know, bringing other ideas into it. So we we, we did come up with a model um, and I, I can tell you a bit about that, but I would say that we're in favour of experimentation and piloting as well. And a lot of people are against that, I know, but that's one of the few areas where we don't experiment much. With the, with the way that we organize the state and the way democracy works. Um, we experiment in all sorts of other, from, from business to, you know, um, uh, you know, you know that's, that's, that's how, we, how progress happens is experimentation. So um, we should do it in democracy as well. Um, but, you know, what we'd like to see is much more local areas, you know, who, you know, this, is, this, is, this is something we learned from looking at, uh, at Norway, um, so a local town could have have, have an elected representative council, um, uh, but their job is not really to come up with a manifesto and say like you elect us, we're going to implement it. That that local town could have a, a citizens assembly which comes up with a plan for that local area, and then the job of the the representative 
the body is to to try and implement it. There is real issues with where you know with how what size that can be and how much resource and how much tax base you can get within you know a small town or village. But we 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 would rather see these uh, entities agreeing to come together uh, under a under a, a bigger body rather than there being a kind of hierarchy. So if all yeah, you know, uh, and, and and while that wouldn't ha all happen at once, um, so you could try it out in different small communities across Scotland, see how it works with the oversight of the existing local authorities at, at the moment, with the intention of evolving into this kind of more networked uh, system of uh, both representation and deliberative democratic forum. Is there a danger, just to play devil's advocate, is there a danger with models like citizens assemblies that they share the same problem that um participatory budgeting sometimes arrives at which is okay so you have a you have an assembly of, of people who live in the local community they have as you say a certain tax base that they can draw upon it won't be you know the, the same pool of funds that's used to administer uh, other levels of government and certainly not the kind of official state uh, budget. Um, but what you're doing with the community at that point is you're saying, here's a limited stock of money. It presumably will not reach all of the potential needs it could fulfill in the community. Now you decide how it's used. And what you're doing at that point is devolving, basically a, a devolving the capacity for austerity down to, a, to the level of a local community. This is a critique that's just often made of, uh, mm. for example, participatory budgeting models. So for example, the SNP have a participatory budgeting policy, but it's a very, very limited amount of money. Mm. And, and, and the, the, the kickback is sort of, well, what you're doing is you're making neighbours argue over what to cut in, in, in the local community effectively. Mm. Is that a danger? Yeah, it's a danger. I think there's a lot of bad participatory budgeting models that have happened, you know, with not, not, no set up as competition and stuff. Yeah, you know, I have no idea why they did that. And it, and it, and it gives those sort of uh, models a bad name. Um, I think you can do these things really badly and you can do them, you can do them well, you know? So uh, I would say that it's not, not, not so much um, a budgetary exercise, but a visioning exercise of what you want your community to look like, um, and having a plan for it, and then the representative body must and the parties must argue about who's best to implement that for you. Um, so, and then I think you could argue that the electorate, when they're representing, when they're voting for that representative body can go, well, this, this, this party or this person is making the best case how they can you know, realize our vision. Um, and, a, and a big part of that would be, and this is all, you know, idealism a little bit, but, you know, I think we, 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 we have to try and imagine what, what, what could be a lot better. The, the, the spatial planning system in Scotland is, is, a, is a part of the state that has been really captured by, you know, uh, moneyed interests and doesn't often operate in the interests of citizens. Um, and and um, that, you know, there's nothing more of a public good than planning, right? That's a public good. It should belong to all of us. We should decide how we plan 
you know, our um, our our communities and our space. Um, but we've lost it really. And it's been separated from social planning as well. So how can you how can you say we are we've got a plan for our town, which is about the, you know, the social activity or the you know the lives lived within it, but you take away control of the space um, and give it to big developers and, and and lobbyists and stuff. So that those two things have to come back together. They need to be that needs to be wrested away from the from 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 housing developers and landowners and stuff and given back to communities and then they can start to use that space for social purpose um uh, and i think you know there's the there, well, well, well there's limited budgets i think there's a whole lot of value which has been seen in the what's it called the the local economic model i forgot what it's called now but um that that way of circulating wealth in the local community is just, you know, is a way of capturing value and keeping it there, which would actually give you much more resource instead of it being extracted all the time by, you know, big, big, um, uh, uh, you know, you know, there's national companies that run lots of local services, which could be run, you know, locally, and they're not they're extracting profit all the time and uh, and paying shareholders. So, I, I, I think it it has to be tied in with that. That 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 local economic uh, regeneration model, as well as the local democracy one, as well as the space thing. I think we're the opportunities arise when you put all these things back together. People live in places, right? People spend money locally, buy things locally, produce things locally, share things locally. Uh, you know, if you can if you can start to recreate that, then I think you have a have a have a way of giving people a better life. Um, what kind of um, buy-in are are you getting from the the parties? I mean, what what are I mean? Let's let's you know throw caution to the wind and assume that the SNP are going to be the largest party in the Scottish Parliament. What, for example, are the SNP saying about the commitments they're going to make on um, local democratic reform? I mean, I say the, the, the government. Um... Which is not the SNP, obviously, but they, you know they're directed by ministers. They 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 ran a what I thought was probably one of the best pre-legislative consultations that the government's done on any bit of legislation on on local democracy called Democracy Matters, and spoke to loads of community groups and organisations. And our discussions with both the civil servants and the the ministers on this show that they understand a lot of our, our arguments and are are quite interested in. Um, and, and some of the ideas and some of the, the reforms that were suggesting, uh, the fact that they ran the Citizens Assembly of Scotland shows, spent a lot of money on it, shows that they are interested in democratic innovation and, and um, deliberative democracy uh, methods. Um, so I think, you know, they, 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 they've got a commitment to have a bring a bill forward. So the legislation is there. This is a big cultural change that the legislation would only facilitate the cultural change. And I think that, the last minister who, who Aileen Campbell, who stood down, was also committed to experimentation and piloting. Um, so, you know, the, we, we've always had, we've went on a journey with them to, and they, they seem to be, have the rhetoric, you know, and I think we spoke earlier about the, the, one of the big problems for the Scottish government and for the devolution is the difference between the rhetoric and the delivery. You know, so, 
fair. I'm I'm hopeful, but you need the rhetoric for you do need the rhetoric, you know. You need some sort of like public commitment to do these things. Uh, and they they're they're making their they're making the right rhetoric. Now we just got to make sure that we deliver on it. And uh, assuming people are up for this after the election, how can people get involved with uh, with EIS's project uh, for for increasing this a democratic life as well? Well, if you go to there's a website called Our Democracy. Just Google that. There's a declaration that you can sign on Local Democracy. There's also a nice little tool where you can go in and put your postcode in, and it will tell you how you how democrat your local area is compared to other places across Europe. The level of representation that you've got, how far away it is from your your um, you know how how the number of representatives per head of population. So that's quite a nice little thing to do. Um, we will be. If, if you sign that declaration, we'll have your email and we can email you some activity go, you know, after the election. We'll be lobbying the parliament, uh, meeting with the, the politicians and ministers um, and hopefully having a lot of events for people to, to, to talk about this stuff. Okay, uh, Willie, thanks very much for joining me today. Thank you, David. Most enjoyable. And uh, yeah, uh, good luck to uh, all our listeners uh, as they brace themselves, uh, as they, uh, you know, pop open the champagne uh, or, you know, to either celebrate or drown uh, their sorrows or, uh, <laughs> or you know, just uh, cook up a, a mild cup of tea uh, if you're, uh, if you're uh, not particularly invested in this, uh, in this election. Um, and uh, yeah, there will be more coverage uh, on Source News uh, and on this podcast. And I look forward to speaking to you all again soon.